the Irish Times Inside Business Podcast in association with EY, building a better working world. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Christmas is on the horizon and that's traditionally a big time of year for booksellers. So this week I've invited Maria Dickinson, General Manager of Dubray Bookshops, into studio to discuss the latest trends in book retailing. Dubray started life in 1973 in Bray, founded by Helen Clear. Helen's daughter Gemma and her husband Kevin took over the business in 1988 and Dubray was then acquired by Eason in 2020. It now operates from 13 stores across the country with Maria in charge of the business. I began by asking Maria what impact the Dublin riots last week had on trading for Debray in its north inner city stores. Yeah, it was certainly a good bit quieter uh, over the weekend. Um, Friday was quieter, built up over the weekend. Um, very heartening. And, you know, you saw the the Arnott statement, I'm sure, about, you know, being determined to to um, trade through and trade positively. So we've had a, very, a lot of... Um, strong customer feedback in the last few days that they intend to get in and support the store and so on. But, you know, inevitably it was it was very scary for the, the team um, to, to face into that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah Did you open late on Friday? Late in the morning, yes, we opened. We, we didn't open till 12, just until, the you know, we'd, we made sure that everything was uh, safely cleared up and uh, the public transport was running again. So we opened 12 to 6 on Friday. How do you find the trading environment around there? Because there's been a lot of commentary that there isn't enough evidence of guards on the street, boots on on the street, just give people a little bit of comfort that, you know, it's it's safe uh, around the O'Connell Street area. Yeah, because well, I, I think certainly that would give reassurance. Where we are on Mary Street, it's adjacent to Marks and Spencers and on it's, um, so there's a, there's a lot of general footfall around there and there's generally mm. not too much trouble. But I think, you know, particularly in the lead up to Christmas with what's happened, it would give great reassurance to have a stronger guard of presence around there. Sure. Now, this is a busy time of year for book retailers, uh, right? So just sort of talk us through how important the Christmas season is for you in terms of sales. Oh, I mean, Christmas is absolutely make or break um, as far as book retailers go. We do about 20% of our business in December and about 10% in the last 10 days. So it really is, you know, books as gifts are a very important part of the business. Um, So we're, uh, Black Friday is really the kick of it now. It used to be a slower build through Mm. November and December. People tend to hold off until that weekend. Um, And so from here on out, it's, uh, it's all systems go. So how many books would to shift for Christmas? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, in terms of the market, um, last year about 3 million books were done um, between this period and Christmas. So of a a market sale of 13 million across the year. Um, Sorry, 3 million books, is that across the Irish market? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what percentage would Dubray be? Um, you could probably take us at about 10% of that. Yeah. So about 300,000 yeah. yes, books yeah, yeah, yeah. over the Christmas season. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of books. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, yeah. We've got That's a lot of, lot of 70, logistics going through that. Yeah, you know, 70 to 80,000 books per week. Yes, presumably. yeah, 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 yeah. It's very busy across the stores. And of course, online is a, is a growth um, area for that as well. So we're putting a lot through the website. Yeah. And what's the trend in terms of book sales and book prices as well? We've obviously had a lot of inflation mm. across every aspect of our life now over the last uh, 18 months or so because uh, largely to do with what went on in Ukraine. So what's been the trend in terms of pricing for books this year, but also in terms of overall sales because the shift to digital, that took place, I suppose, a long time ago. Um, is there still that shift taking place or have you managed to wrestle back a no, bit of market No, I think share? we've weathered that um, in terms of the Kindle and also audiobooks. That was, you know, in the last few years, um, that was kind of mooted as something of a threat. But the physical book business in Ireland 
um, had had eight consecutive years of growth up to this year. Slowed a little bit this year, but I think with Christmas, um, it'll, it should probably come in about on a par with last year. So, um, you know, the physical book market is still very strong. Um, in terms of pricing, um, I mean, this is a conversation we've been having a lot with publishers over the last little while. Um, prices have gone up somewhat um, at a publisher level, looking at what's happening in the market, it's actually only resulted in a 1% increase in selling prices, which, as you know, is well behind the rate of inflation and has been for some time. You know, the, the price of a of an average book has stayed pretty static for the last 10, 15 years in a way that, um, you know, other, other retail markets so how, have How have seen. you managed to pay for the, I presume your energy costs have gone up. Everybody's complaining about that. I presume your staff costs have gone up. Yes. I yeah. presume your insurance costs are as chunky as, as ever before. So how have you managed to pay for all of these increases over that extended period without yeah. putting the price of a book up? Well, there has, I mean, the, the prices obviously are um, set by the publishers. So um, that's kind of, uh, there's a recommended retail price for every book. In most cases, that's on the back of the book. So, um, you know, we're kind of committed to that, um, mm. to pricing in and around there. Um, from that sense, I mean, we've had good growth, as I said, but it, it's, you know, there are there are pressures around, um, as you said, around energy costs, around transport costs, mm. um, paper packaging and so on. And, you know, coming into the new year, of course, the um, the move to the, the living wage um, will increase our um our costs when it comes to staff as well. So it's it's uh, you know it's you have to work hard to um, you know drive every opportunity in in the business. Yeah, sure. Now you had a very good year. Your last financial year was a very good year. Mm-hmm. We reported on the figures uh, a little while ago, back in October, in fact. And you, you were able to pay a dividend two and a half million to your parent company, Eason. And your turnover was up forty percent. Now I presume that was largely because yes, COVID yeah, restrictions yeah, because of COVID uh, and, and so forth. But yeah. nonetheless. Uh, it rose to just under 14 million euro in the year to January 23. Mm-hmm. So what's the outlook for the current financial year? You're only, what, about eight weeks away from it now? Yeah, I think we're we're looking at, um, on a like-for-like basis, holding our own. And um, since then, we've added... Um, We've added a store in Waterford just this week. Mm. Um, so there'll be, be growth there. And then last year, of course, we opened in Mary Street and um, we're seeing the full benefit of a, a year of that as well. So there's, there's sort of the added, so added growth of the new down? location up. Up, yeah. OK. Yeah. What percentage are you open for? Um, like for like, as I said, it'll probably be uh, just a little ahead. And then, you know, the new stores will probably add another, you know, five or six percent on top of that. So Right. Yeah. OK. I was curious, I was looking at your uh, website in advance of this and the history mm. of Dubray. There's no mention of Eason, even though it's your, your owner. Well, we operate independently, effectively. Um, I mean, when Eason acquired the business, it was very much um, with the awareness that the Dubray model was very different and had different, um, you know, different customer base, different pricing model, different, um, you know, w- ways of selling books, different range. Um, so that you know, that was a deliberate strategy and we've continued to plow sure. our own furrow in that sense. It's a bit odd though, isn't it, to not put it in your About Us. You mentioned being founded in 1973, the single bookshop in Bray by Helen and then um, her daughter Gemma. Yes, And her right. husband yeah. uh, took it on in 1988, but no mention of Eason. That's right. Okay. Oh, sorry, but it's not an intentional omission there. Yeah. I think everybody's well aware that the, that the acquisition takes place. Do you think people realise was... you're, you're owned by Eason? Or um, do they still consider Dubray to be, you know, absolutely independent? I think the customers that deal with us, it, it doesn't really matter who we're owned by, if you see what I mean. The the, the team, mm-hmm. you know, the, the central team and the, the store management team has remained unchanged apart from the growth, uh, largely unchanged. So, um, you know, the ethos and the 
the customer facing experience is still very much the same. All right. Is there much internal competition between the... <laughs> Only good natured. <laughs> right. OK. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, the books that have done well uh, so far this year. Mm. What's been the bestseller? Well, the bestseller to date, and this will be interesting to see how this plays out across the year. The bestseller to date is actually a book that was published in January, which is um, uh, Prince Harry's Spare. Um, that's it's interesting, the isn't market it? bestseller. I mean, that was a phenomenon back um, in January. Very hot on its heels is Liz Nugent's uh, Strange Sally Diamond, which I think, I mean, Spare has pretty much stopped selling now and Sally is still going great guns won a, uh, on Post Irish Book Award last week. So yeah. I think I think Liz will probably uh, overtake that. Um, and then, of course, we have the, the Irish Booker Winner Prophet Song um, by yeah, Paul we'll Lynch, which will come up the ranks. But when you, you mentioned Spare, so how many books does it take to sell to make it a bestseller for you guys? Well, for us, um, you know, across the course of a year, you're probably looking, you know, up to, let's see what we'd be looking at, sort of between five and 10,000 of a title would be, it right. would be a great sale. Um, but a lot of what we sell at Dubray is range. Um, so we wouldn't necessarily hit the absolute high notes on the, the you know, the big mass market bestsellers. We would sell a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hand selling goes on in the store of, of backlist mm. titles of personal favourites and trying to find that that ideal book for for each individual. So we'd we'd sell more broadly across the range than than a lot of retailers yeah. would. Now you mentioned the Booker Prize. We have an Irish winner this year, which is yes. great. Prophet Song is the book by uh, Paul Lynch. Is there much of a bounce? for a book when it wins something like the Booker? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's always something of a bounce um, for the Booker. It depends on the title, the, the type of the book, but um, having an Irish winner is mm. a huge asset. Having an Irish um, writer writing about a kind of, you know, a, a shift towards a far-right regime is obviously something that's very much in the public consciousness at the moment. Um, so that is really chiming. Um, so I think we'll, we'll we'll definitely see, even in the first two days sales, um, we've seen a massive, massive increase. Um, it'll definitely be our number one for this week and I'd imagine through to Christmas. So what else do you expect to sell well over Christmas? Um, at the moment, we are selling uh, a lot of, um, well, in, in terms of nonfiction, the two bestsellers at the moment are uh, Ros Purcell's High Life and uh, Britney Spears' Woman and Me. So um, two uh, female autobiographies there. So those would be the market bestsellers um, for us in Dubray. We were absolutely delighted. Mark O'Connell's um, Thread of Violence, um, the book about Mal- Malcolm MacArthur, won um, our award at the, bo- uh, the, the Book Awards. And that's something we've been recommending throughout the year. Um, so really pleased to see that win. Um, other titles we'd be recommending are the likes of The Letters of Seamus Heaney, mm. which is a absolutely landmark publication. And then in fiction, it's actually a wonderful year for fiction. Um, really is a, a great spread. Um, so in terms of our own recommendations, um, you'll see the likes of, well, obviously the Sebastian Barry and the Joe O'Connor have been, the, the Joe O'Connor, My Father's House has actually been our bestseller um, year to date. Absolutely wonderful piece of historical fiction. And um, then we have uh, Tom Lake, by Anne Patchett. We have Hello Beauty Beautiful, huge, a lovely range of um, you know, wonderful fiction recommendations at the moment. How can harnessing the power of AI help drive your business? At EY, we combine leading business expertise with cutting-edge technology and capabilities. Working directly with you to plan your strategy, we will accelerate your AI-enabled transformation. To learn more, visit ey.ai forward slash IE. Tell us about Maria Dickinson. How did you get involved in books? In books? Um, I was, I mean, I, I've been very, very lucky really with my career. I've always been a big reader, studied English at university, actually started off in libraries, um, started in Trinity. Um, so I worked there for a few years and then switched to become a book sales rep. 
from there, uh, went on to become a buyer for reasons um, and then moved on to, to Debray after that. Um, and it's been so re- it was via the Eastern Channel? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I was that was where I was I was repping and um by it for there and then I was with Dubray for seven or eight years before the, the acquisition happened. What's the difference between Eason and Dubray? You know, for consumers if they're looking in, what what's the key difference between the two offerings? Oh, well, there are a number of differences, I think. I mean, Eason's obviously a, a much more of a multi-category retailer, so they have the books, the stationery, the gifts, and so on. Um, our range would be bigger, and we tend to... Um, you know, we we really pride ourselves on that the the recommendation um, and um, sort of uh, looking at a, a broad list of titles, whereas Eason's would have a very very mm. fast paced, um, uh, very uh, uh, bestseller driven um, offer. And Gutter Bookshop now yes. has been has been taken over by Eason as well. Is that is that connected with Dubray or is that no, a standalone? No, that, that was ourselves. That's that's Dubray. Um, so we're okay. yeah yeah we're managing that um, that relationship. Bob came to me actually. Um, I was looking to has to, it been acquired or are you just managing? It? Yes, no, it's been acquired. It's yeah, been yeah, acquired, yeah, okay. but it's 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 in the Dubray. Is he still fold. with the business? No. No, right. no, no. Bob wanted to step back from retail. He worked incredibly hard um, through the pandemic and so on and decided it was time to take a break. So Marta, um, who has worked with Bob for a long time, is managing the Dubray business and we're providing what support we can. But, uh, it's... Is that going to remain a separate brand? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And are there expansion plans? For it, do you think you'll add stores or just possibly, possibly, stick with what you have? possibly, but we'll yeah, two no. stores at yes, the moment, yeah, yeah, two yeah. stores and um, two stores with a great and really committed customer base. You know, Bob worked very hard to build those relationships, and we're, we're very and again. Good. What's the difference between Gutter and Dubray? Gutter and Dubray, um, Gutter would be, um, I think their range would be more, um, well, they're smaller stores for starters, mm. and um. There, it would be more of a personal choice in terms of what they stock, whereas we try to stock um, across the range, um, both bestsellers and our own recommendations, whereas Gotto, you'd get much more in terms of quirky rec- recommendations and, um, you know, individual choices. So, sure. Yeah. Just wonder about books retailing in Ireland compared to, let's say, the UK or other markets. Mm. We've weathered the storm here. Books are back, yes. uh, in a sense, back in fashion, aren't they? Is that the case elsewhere or is it a uniquely Irish thing? Yes, I think the Irish market probably does um, have something of an edge in terms of um, the physical book. We have fantastic Irish publishers um, and Irish authors here um, who work very hard in that area. And there's a lot of, particularly around this time of year, Mm. there's a lot of commitment um, from the Irish public to support Irish publishing and Irish writing. Um, And I think as a result, we over-index slightly. Um, The UK market certainly would tend a little bit more to... um, to digital and to online retailing than we do here. Yeah, I mean, Amazon would have been a big disruptor, wouldn't it, 10 or 15 years ago in terms of uh, e-books and, and so forth. Um, how has that evolved? Is it, still, is it still a big player in terms of selling books, whether it's, you know, physical through your, through your letterbox or uh, in a parcel or uh, via uh, an e-book? Yeah, I mean, they, they're, there's no getting away from the fact that they're a, a formidable competitor. Um, what I would say, I think over the last few years, you know, Amazon have very much diversified in terms of the product that they sell. Um, so, you know, while it's still an important part of the, the book market, it's not necessarily their top priority. And I think um, from an Irish perspective, you know, if you go to your Irish uh, online retailers, you'll see a, a, a curation of books that caters to the Irish market, whereas in Amazon you generally get, you know, the UK celeb bestsellers and so on. And likewise, 
you know, they're known for being cheap, but they discount those books. They don't necessarily offer the good value on the um, the Irish titles. And in terms of service level, you know, well, certainly we will we'll provide a next day delivery service. So we're we're on a par with them in that sense. So um, it's it, it it's a it's a competitive area, but I would certainly advise re- uh, readers it's to essentially a commodity, isn't it? I mean, people are. A lot of people are just going to go to the place where they can get the, the best price. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that, um, makes it, that must make it very tough. It does. For a bricks and mortar yeah, or a retailer like yeah. yourself. Yeah. I mean, the way we would approach it is getting the right book at the right price. Um, so we work very hard with our, we replatformed our website um, last September. And, you know, we work very hard to get the same kind of quality of recommendations and um some of the kind of serendipity that you'd get when you go into a bookshop. So you're discovering new things, not just, you know, these are the bestsellers and this is algorithm A, um, that there's, you know, there's a choice and an interesting range of, of recommendations that we can stand over. Any quirky requests from customers? Oh, goodness, always. <laughs> yeah, go on, give us some. Um, I mean, this time of year is fascinating on the shop floor. Um, you know, you get a lot of people in who don't necessarily come into bookshops as a general rule. So, you know, they... They don't have a clue what they're looking for. So you really have to kind of step them through. Oh, but you can get all sorts of um, niche requests about, um, you know, very obscure history books or, um, you know, niche areas of fiction. But it's it's great. And it's, you know, a good bookseller will get a huge kick out of managing to, to fill that need. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what we pride ourselves on. Who do you see as your main rivals here in a physical sense, uh, in, in bricks and mortar sense? I mean, there is there are a number of strong independent chains um, who would be in this in a similar space to Debray, certainly. So, um, you know, we'd have the utmost respect for everything that Amahani's do. That um, the book centres, Kenny's, um, have a fantastic online business, and again, like ourselves, would be trying very hard to kind of get that recommendation. Um, Hodges figures, element. yeah, yeah, Hodges, of course. You know, in terms of range, they would be, um, and and heritage, um, you know, a fantastic organisation. But it's you know. It sounds a bit twee, but the book trade is very collegiate. <laughs> we all know each other, um, and there's a you know there's a good atmosphere and a good exchange of, of ideas in the trade as well. I wonder what do a lot of people realise that Hodges Fig is actually owned by Waterstones? I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think people necessarily are aware of that fact. Mm. But you know, rather like ourselves, you know, they they um, they have their own offer um, and they they function independently in in many ways. Curious about Liam Brady's uh, book. Is that the sort of top? Top one for dads for Christmas yeah, or uncles yes, or yeah, granddads sure, or whatever for sure yeah 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 there's uh, that's uh, we'll we'll sell a lot of that in the in the coming weeks absolutely um, and what about for mums or, or grandmothers uh, what kind of books are targeted um, at them yeah uh, for we'd probably be looking in the the fiction area and again trying to find something that suits each individual's taste you know there's not necessarily one big um, runaway bestseller in that area this year it's finding the the right book mm. for the person's individual taste. How long would you leave a book on the shelf before you decide, no, it's, just, it's not shifting, it needs to go and be replaced by something else? That's a good question. Um, certainly no more than a year, uh, sometimes less. Um, most, I mean, uh, different different shops or different types of booksellers would have different sales curves in mm. that sense, but um, a lot of stores, really, if a book hasn't done anything significant over the first three months you'd be looking to kind of downsize the stock and move it on but then that said you have some books that sell um for years and years and years um just quietly keep on keep on ticking on and and recommended so and typically how many books in a in a Dubray store how many titles would we find on the shelves in an average store kind of 11 12,000 um about 17,000 in Grafton Street so right yeah 
And your assistants, your retail assistants are okay with <laughs> how many of them? Doing their best to keep it up. It must be head melting trying to keep up with all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, I mean, we, all of our stores um, do their own buying. Um, so they, they, you know, they hear from the publishers firsthand and they buy to suit the market of their individual store, which varies quite considerably. I mean, we have a shop in Blackrock and we have a shop in Stillorgan and the customer base there is slightly different and has really? slightly Even slightly though there's only a couple taste. of miles between Exactly, them. yeah, 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 yeah. So we do, you know, the, the, the staff there are incredibly knowledgeable and we try very hard to hire people who are passionate and knowledgeable mm. about books and like talking about them. Obviously, the, the customer service element is very important too. Yeah, now you've 13 stores at the moment. You mentioned a couple that you've uh, opened in the last uh, wee while. Waterford most uh, recently, but Mary mm-hmm. Street in Dublin as well. So how big... Could Dubray come over time? I mean, is 13 just about the right number or, you know, could you get to 15, 20 more? Yeah, I mean, we certainly would still be keen to expand given the right opportunity. Um, you know, it does have to be a place with, you know, the, the right kind of market and, and footfall and size and so on. So I wouldn't say expansion is is endless, but um, we definitely have an eye to, to further opportunities certainly over the next few years. And of course, you have to manage the gutter uh, brand as well. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, so what about you? What do you like to read? What do I like to read? Um, a mix. I mean, I suppose literary fiction would probably be my favourite, but I have a bit of a soft spot for crime. Um, Tana French would be one of my favourite writers. She's a new book coming out next year, so I've dropped everything else to read the, the, the proof copy of that. Um, in terms of my favourite books this year, I was a little bit late to this party, um, slightly embarrassingly, but there's a book called Tomorrow, Tomorrow and Tomorrow by um, Gabrielle Zevin, um, which is actually a book ostensibly about gaming so I didn't pick it up on that basis but it's actually a beautiful story of a a friendship and unusually a novel about work and working relationships which you don't get very often but it's incredible absolutely loved it I've read it three times this year already three Um, times so yeah three (laughs) Um, so that would be my um, my if I was on the on the shop floor, that would be the one I'd be recommending this year. And are you always physical, or do you look at uh, do you read ebooks? Do you uh, bother with audiobooks? I always do physical. Um, I did a little when I had a longer commute. Um, I did listen to audiobooks a little bit, but I find, and there are many studies uh, around this, that you know, reading from paper, particularly when you're on screens all day, is much more relaxing for your brain. It's much easier to absorb the information. So I would be a, a big physical book bedtime reader. That's when I get yeah. my reading done. And any authors, uh, any favourite authors? Um, favourite authors for me? I mean, it, it varies. Um, I love um, Anne Patchett, certainly. I was very excited um, to see her with a new one out this year. Um I, yeah, interestingly, it tends to be the crime authors that I'll go back to again. Jane Harper, again, would be a wonderful, um, wonderful crime writer. Strong sense of place like Tana French. Now, Jane is in Australia and Tana tends to be Ireland. Um, so those would be the authors that I'd always be yeah, now <laughs> excited to get to. Yeah, sure. We mentioned the riots and the impact mm-hmm. um, they might have had on, on your business uh, last week. But what about COVID? What impact did that have? And sort of the lasting impact in terms of footfall uh, you know, city centre, especially around Dublin, where people aren't coming into the office every day of the week like they used to pre-COVID. That must have an impact on your business. It did. Now, for us, I mean, we were perhaps um, unusually well-placed in that we have a lot of suburban stores. So while we did, as uh, um, sort of as we were coming out of COVID, we certainly lost footfall in the city centre, but it transferred into the Braes, the Black Rocks, the Stalogans, the Dunleary's. Um, so it was a shift in business rather than the loss of business um, from that perspective. Um, I mean, during COVID itself, you know, obviously turnover did 
drop significantly, but we did receive fantastic support online. I mean, with the, our website had been a tiny percentage of our, our, our business and then suddenly it was everything. Bye. So um, that was very important. And we did find when COVID was over, customers were very keen to get back in stores and have those, you know, all the things that you can get in a bookshop that you don't get online, you know, the conversations, the recommendations, the the browsing, the as I said, the serendipity and of, of finding a, something new and interesting that you, you wouldn't necessarily stumble on if you were browsing online. So um, that was really, really heartening and really encouraging when we opened up again, just how much people had missed us, I guess. So how big is online now for Dubrai? Um, it's about, um, it's about 7% of the business and growing. Um, so mm-hmm. it would be kind of equivalent to one of our one of our larger stores. So what's that? Probably a million quid or a bit more than that yeah, in terms yeah, of turnover. Yeah, yeah, something something like that. Okay. Um, and where do you see that going? I mean, that's obviously. I presume that's going to become a bigger part of your business going forward, is it? Yes. Um, it's been interesting this year, obviously, with um, the uh, book depository being um, wound down by Amazon mm. um, and their offer. We were talking about Amazon before. Book depository would have been more sort of mm. range and, and quality focused. So I think some of that business has fallen out into the Irish online market, um, which That's is a good positive. Yeah, for you guys. yeah, 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 yeah. We've seen a, a bit of a bounce for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you have to be you have to be part of that um, part of that market very definitely. Um, so we are, you know, we've invested a lot in it. And I hope people like what we're doing. What about staffing? How how easy is it to find staff to work in a bookshop these days? Um, I mean, we tend to be quite lucky um, in that, you know, where there are a lot of people, you know, recent graduates or, um, you know, people who are looking for part time work who who like the environment of a bookstore, you know, as retail jobs go, it's it's quite a pleasant one. You know, the customers are very engaged and, and, and friendly and so on. If you've got an interest in it, it's a it's a great place to work. It has been a little bit harder over the last few years. Um, I think post COVID, a lot of the generation that we would normally be employing have you know, other dreams, other aspirations, having been, you know, uh, sort of housebound, they might be traveling, they might be um, wanting to look for a, a different lifestyle. Um, increasingly, we're finding people want more flexibility, so they might want to do two or three days rather than your traditional five day week. So we're we're looking at how we, you know, how we manage that, how we train people, how we make ourselves a appealing employer. Um, I think a lot of, uh, there's a lot of demand and I'm very happy to meet it um, from staff at, at the moment about having kind of diversity, diversity and inclusion policies and strong retail um, environmental policies um, and so on that it can be a place that they're proud to work so we're um, we're concentrating on that a lot at the moment we're working with business in the community island um, to help right. sort of shape our policies there so that's something and it's, it's something that our customers um, expect of us and something that's very dear to me as well so yeah because yeah. an expensive place to live now or particularly Dublin you know in terms of accommodation yes, yes. And, and so forth and I don't know what your pay rates uh, are, are like in Debray or you know across bookshops uh, in the market but it must be it must be hard to be able to offer the kind of level of pay for people to be able to live in Dublin yeah it, it's challenging without a doubt I mean the move to the living wage next year will be welcomed I'm sure um mm. Um, in that, you welcome in it that as an employer because it's going <laughs> to. It's difficult as an employer. I mean, there's there's no getting around that. It's it extra will, cost. Isn't yes, it? absolutely. You know, it and will. there's new sick leave rules coming in yeah. and so forth. Yeah, and particularly um, you know with a, an offer like ours, which is you know we 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 staff to make sure that there are people available for, for pension customers. auto enrollment. Yes, That's yeah, supposed yeah. to come in next yeah. year. We'll see if it does. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we were discussing absolutely. it on this show. Uh, last week, and I mean that's going to be an out of cost mm, for businesses mm-hmm, too. Mm, mm. Yeah, without a doubt, we've got it. So prices um, to go up. 
Well, again, we are somewhat tied to the published price. Um, so that's, you know, we can't, you know, unilaterally <laughs> put up the price of a book. So, um, you know, again, for us, um, you know, looking for extra growth initiatives, looking at new ways of doing business, looking at um, added offers and making sure that we're getting all the customers we can through the doors has is, is got to be the, the priority. And what about expanding the, the retail offering out a little bit, you know, beyond books, maybe into some of the areas that Eason's, for example, as a multi-category retailer are involved in. Is that something on yeah, the horizon? Yeah, no, we're, we're largely committed to, to books. We have a, a kind of a, a, a range of cards, gifts and mm. related stationery journals and so on, which is 9 or 10% of the business. And, you know, that's grown a little bit over the last little while. But, um, you know, people come to us because... They want to shop for books, um, so we we wouldn't be expecting no chocolate to, bars at the checkout or. Uh, we, well, we do put <laughs> um, no, right. we do have a small range just if anyone's peckish on the way in, but no, I, I wouldn't be expecting the, the the basic range to diversify in that sense. No. Any little tricks of the trade in terms of uh, promoting a book or trying to tempt people in to buy? Um, well, every retailer has their own way of doing it, and we. I sorry, I hope I don't sound like a broken record when it comes to recommendation, but we try incredibly hard to stay true to that principle. So um, it's not a case of, you know, um, chasing the market in that sense. We, we try very hard to recommend from the heart. So you'll see each month in a Debray store, we have six or eight monthly staff recommends, which the staff choose themselves. It's not necessarily the best sellers. Um, and people know they can trust us from that sense. Um, so that that's our absolute North Star from a retail perspective. And um, long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, indeed. What's the age profile of your customer base? Of our customer base? Interestingly, it has become a bit younger um, over the last few years. Generally, um, you know, certainly when I joined Dubray, um, originally it would have been sort of late middle-aged book club devotees would have been the, the core of our business. But it has shifted um, younger, which is interesting and I think positive, partly driven by BookTok, which has been a phenomenon um, in terms of sales. Now, whether it's a lasting phenomenon or not is, is another question. Um, but we get a lot of teens and early 20s um, in who are fascinated by those books. Um, and, you know, hopefully that that generation will turn into lifelong readers. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I suppose the narrative is that young people don't read newspapers, mm-hmm. don't read books. It's all on the phone. It's all on digital. It's all on some tablet or, or device. But clearly that's not the experience in terms of books. No, and BookTok is an interesting intersection between the two because obviously they get their recommendations online, they go away, they read the physical book and then they get engage online about you know their experience of reading that book. So that's where the kind of community piece comes in where you might have had a, you know, they might have had a, a, a book club previously but they're engaging with people around the world about this particular book and which bits they love and which bits they made them, they made them cry. It's quite performative in a sense, you know, you'll see all these videos of I finished this and I'm weeping. Um, so, it's a it's an interesting cross section for that generation of the physical book and the online engagement. So a busy run up to Christmas, mm. you're going to try and shift as many books as you can, obviously, and yeah. people are going to be desperate for presents and so forth. They're great stocking fillers, obviously. Uh, what happens uh, on the 26th of December, Dan? Are, are you open for your your post Christmas sales? Um, we we open on the 27th. 27th, <laughs> we, you yeah, take a day yeah, off. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give everybody a little bit of a breather. Um, the period after Christmas for the first couple of weeks before everybody goes back is actually surprisingly busy. Um, a lot of people get book tokens for Christmas, or they're off and they're a little bit bored, um, so they want to to find a little bit of entertainment there. So it's really um, the sort of second third week January where where the dust settles and we we start to get ourselves ready for the year to come 
And if somebody finds that they're given a present, it's a book, they don't really like it, or maybe they already have a copy of it, can they just pop in and say, can I change this? Do yeah, you, do I you mean, facilitate that? Yeah, we would for, you know, um, we have a gift receipt policy and certainly we'd be happy to exchange that. We, we extend our, because we, we tend to find particularly um, the families tend to shop early. Grandmothers, mothers tend to do their shopping kind of October, November. So we'd extend our exchange period to, to cover that. Um, All right. Inevitably, you'll get the, the odd double copy of something or, or yeah. something that isn't quite right. So, yeah. And every celebrity chef seems to have a book out for Christmas. <laughs> uh, are they big sellers? They are, yes. Yeah, yeah. So obviously we've Donald Skeen this year. Jamie Oliver is, is a, a perennial. He's always. A um, few new names as well. Um, Mark Mariotti there, who won the Unpost Irish Book Award. So great to see some new Irish talent coming and through. And Allen so. just put out a big tome on making bread. Yes, yeah. That's actually a, um, an updated version of an absolute classic um, that we've sold for years. So, yeah, no, there are some fantastic names in, in Irish cookies, cookery issues that should be one of the, the cornerstones there. I guess books are a reasonably affordable Christmas present and I mentioned that they're probably a good stocking filler as well and they're great for kids, young kids yes, uh, especially. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely um, and it's a lovely time to get kids engaged with reading um, in the run up to Christmas there are lots of fantastic kind of advent books and Christmas stories and so on to help build that excitement um, and yeah, I know there we we really do tend to get um, people coming in looking for a lot of recommendations. It's it's hard to find the right book to get your kid fired up um, about reading. My own kids love to be read too. They didn't always like reading much themselves. And I was forever bringing things home. For, try this, try that. But it was actually my son going into actually to our Black Rock shop and having a conversation with one of the booksellers there without me in the mix. Mommy wasn't choosing it. He chose it himself and he's away. You know, he's reading to beat the band now, which is fantastic. So, um, you know, getting advice from a bookseller about what what a child might love and enjoy is is really important because it's 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 bamboozling the, <laughs> the amount of choice out there. So, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Finally, uh, 2024 is only around the corner now. Any ex- any titles coming down the track that we should be getting excited about? Yes. But can I tell you about them is the question. Oh, but, you can uh, tell us anything now, Maria. You know that. <laughs> we have... Um, publisher presentations at, at this time of year looking at what's coming down the lines but um, increasingly in the book market the, the big reveal moment is um, is important in terms of um, pre-sales but we have heard rumours that um, there's some good Irish rugby biographies coming next year and also that um, some of the absolute queens of Irish women's fiction um, might have something in the works as well so um, we're okay. yeah, we excited to see what that Johnny looks like. <laughs> Couldn't possibly say. <laughs> okay Maria Dickinson thank you for joining us thank you okay that's it for this week from Inside Business my thanks to Maria Dickinson for joining me on the show John Casey produced this episode with JJ Vernon on sound thanks also to our sponsor EY for its continued support remember as a subscriber to the Irish Times you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on X LinkedIn and Facebook each day I'm Kieran Hancock until next time take care The Irish Times Inside Business Podcast, in association with EY, building a better working world.